Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleo Bites, the podcast for both the discussed animals and the host's dreams died long, long ago. My name is Matthew Donald, and each episode, I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week, I'm joined by the uh, famed explorer of of the, whatever, what is that system called in Kerbal Space Program? Kerbal. Kerbal, the famed Kerbal Explorer, Alan Brooks! Hey, everyone. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Nice, good to hear. Well, I like to start off with each episode by asking my co-host a dinosaur-related question, and the usually one, the one I usually start off with is, what's your favorite dinosaur? Hmm. Not just the one that cried out in pain there. <laughs> Not in pain, she was just irritated. Here. Oh yeah, irritated little dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Picky little thing. Um, Lyra. Mine isn't actually a species anymore, but I've always been very, very fond of Seismosaurus. Seismosaurus! Oh, may it rest in peace. What happened to that one? It was discovered, it was realized that it was too similar, that the remains that were identified were too similar to Diplodocus, that it's basically just a big Diplodocus. Hmm. It's not really a separate species, it's just a Diplodocus. Pity. Yeah. It had one of the coolest names. How dare science go forth and, like, progress and such. Mm. We've lost a lot of good species like that. Mm. Remember, I know Supersaurus is still technically a species, actually. Sizosaurus, what else isn't? Um, there isn't... Truodon? Truodon, that's a big one. Truodon's gone. Um, They're trying to kill Dracorex. I've heard Dracorex... We actually we actually did... Well, I don't know if it's going to be in the same order, but my uh, other friend of the show, and our, your friend as well, Lawrence and I, we did an episode on Pachycephalosaurus, which, you know, either we did... I, actually, I think it's going to come out after this, so... But basically, we talk about how Dracorex and Sticky Moloch might be ju- uh, the juniors of... Juvenile, juvenile packies of uh, packy, and there's yeah. actually a lot of damning evidence for it. Uh, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, that'd be two species removed completely. Um, another on the opposite note, uh, there's a lot of species that like we think it's actually multiple continents, but it's actually uh, different species. Like Brachiosaurus is no longer found in Africa. Instead, the African version is called Giraffa Titan. <laughs> Okay, I give them demerits on the point of not very creative. Seriously, you have a big long neck species. Your first thing is to do you name it after your other living long neck species from the same the continent. continent. Yeah, it's like well, what's really makes it funny is that uh, most of our evidence of Brachiosaurus 
comes from Giraffe of Titan because because uh, that's the one that had the most complete skeleton. So a lot of depictions, like the one in Jurassic Park, a lot of depictions of Brachiosaurus are actually Giraffe of Titan. <laughs> At that point, you just I'd have to look at a map, but okay, that was that was Jurassic, right? It was. How what was the how was Pangea looking back then? Uh, you know, it was starting to separate, but it was it was it was I think there was a young Atlantic back then. It's close. Mm. Probably could have walked still a little bit over it. I don't know. Yeah, gotten washed over there in a big storm. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> well, that's what scientists are known for. They're known for it, splitting hairs. Yeah, I know. Uh, the the thing that people still won't let go is Pluto no longer being a planet, which I, I don't care. I don't mind. Yeah, like it's like the way you look at it. Either Pluto isn't a planet. Or we have, like, 50 planets in the solar system. Because there's a lot of planets out there, or a lot of uh, dwarf, dwarf planets out there, that are a lot like Pluto. So if you count Pluto, you have to count all of them, too. So, And you also get to count Ceres. Yeah, Ceres, and you count... Um, what's the other one? Um, uh, Makamake, you count uh, Ares, you count Sedna. You Ares count... and Sedna, yeah. Makemake? Yep. It's spelled make make it's a real one. Orcus, that's another one. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, Eris even has a moon called Dysnomia, I think. I remember After that. The, uh, the uh, Greek, ver the Roman version or, this, or something. Or something like that, I don't know. But, Can I say I'm mostly interested in Ceres because it's actually closer? I mean, if you look at the planets, including all the dwarf planets... Yes. Then Ceres is just a little further past, um, well, past it's a, Mars. It's in the, the asteroid, asteroid belt, belt, right? Yeah. The asteroid belt, yeah. Yeah. See, see, in this podcast, we don't just talk about dinosaurs. We talk about all sorts of science. And sometimes Disney Plus or Santa or um, pop cetera, culture. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, Well, well speaking of uh, long necks, I was going to bring this up earlier, but then we started talking about other things, and that's okay. We're talking about another long neck, um, a quite spiky one at that. Um, Amargosaurus. The La Amarga lizard is what it means. It's found in the La Amarga formation in Argentina, which we'll get to. Uh, Argentina is quite a common locale for this show, actually. We've got, we've done Giganosaurus, we've done Santana Raptor. We know it's Brazil. <laughs> uh, Argentina's got a lot of good, got a lot of good species. It probably is. Yeah, it's a lot like Brachytreclopan. We did that one. Wow. That was in Argentina. Um, yeah. Uh, yep. So, anyways, uh, it's speaking of Brachytreclopan, it's also a Dicreosaurid sauropod, which is a group of of sauropods that I wasn't really familiar with until studying for this. Uh, that's that's the thing about this podcast. Like, it allows me to learn stuff, too, even though I know a lot about dinosaurs. Yeah. Of course, it's a herbivore. It is. Fairly late Cretaceous. Yeah. Oh, mental. you're reading it now. <laughs> Usually I read it. You're, I sense a hostile takeover. I, <laughs> I noticed, though, you missed the size. <laughs> it's 30 to 33 feet long. This is why you leave it to the professional. That's fine. I don't, there's no order to this show. 30 to 33 feet slash 9 to 10 meters long. 2.5 to 3 tons. So it's big, but it's you know, not that big for a long neck. This is probably why I came up with what its most notable feature. You want to go on about that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. First, you have early Cretaceous, 129, 122 million years ago. Argentina, We just there was just a beeping there. I would say silence your phone, but I didn't silence my phone either. So let's use this as a, an excuse to silence our phones here. Uh, described in 1991, the year of our birth. Yay! <laughs> it's as old as we are, give or take 129 million years. <laughs> Pop culture preferences, briefly seen in Dinotopia, the world beneath. Um, and it's also in probably in Jurassic World, the game. I, that's a running joke of this show. Everything's yeah, in Jurassic everything. World, again. <laughs> 
Okay, so many times we like to imagine dinosaurs as covered in spikes, like a big lizard or dragon, but some might assume this is an exaggerated notion, as nature couldn't possibly come up with such spiky monsters. However, you know what happens when you assume, right? Mm -mm. You make a sum out of ass and e. That's how the saying goes, right? Oh, wow. I've actually <laughs> heard that one before. I'm surprised. Uh, hold on, let me do it. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, enter Amargosaurus. The spikiest long-necked dinosaur we know of so far. With two parallel rows of tall spines all the way down its neck and even up its upper back. It's quite spiky, wouldn't you say? Yeah, very spiky. Though, it could be a fro like the famed Spinosaurus and, yes. and Dimetrodon. I talked about this. is not a dinosaur. Yes, Dimetrodon's not a dinosaur. Thank you. Uh, you know your stuff. I mean, that's a pretty basic one, but I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. I'll take the kudos. <laughs> yes, you still get your kudos. Um, anyways, yeah, I actually talked about uh, the fact of it being a sale, though. Um, but we'll get to that. Uh, the tallest of these spines, the one in the middle part of their neck, could reach a whopping two feet long. Um, definitely someone who couldn't wear turtleneck sweaters, that's for darn sure. <laughs> well, I'd hate to see the bill for trying to make a turtleneck sweater that long. Even for some of the smaller ones, it's like, oh yeah, you got 20 yards of cloth for making a turtleneck. <laughs> well, I always imagine turtleneck sweaters kind of be, like, made of wool, so... How many sheeps have to die for this thing? Well, that's the cool thing. You don't have to kill sheep for their wool. Oh, you don't? Oh, that's true. You don't. You're right. Ah, never mind, then. <laughs> yeah, you would know. You've been on a farm before. Been on a sheep farm. That's oh. a lot of sheep. Yeah, you've been on a sheep farm specifically. You've been on cow farms? Small, divergent. Yes. Um, if, you ever, if you've ever read any religious, Christian religious texts and they get referred to you as sheep, that is not a compliment. Sheep are the dumbest thing on the... Are probably one of the dumbest species on the planet. And they I, do not have... Have uh, chickens? Well, chickens are also very stupid, but they have really good survival instincts. Right. Sheep have no good survival instincts, and they are dumb. I don't think anyone, regardless if it's from a religious document or not, considers calling someone a sheep as a compliment, though. No. So, usually, when you say you're a sheep, it's like you're a mindless follower. That, so, <laughs> indeed. Anyways, uh, uh, some depictions just suggest the spines of a Marcosaurus, as you mentioned support a set of fin-like sails, which is definitely a cool look, and is also how it looks in Datopia the World Beneath. That's how he depicted it. But, alas, scientists had to be all practical and boring and not favor such like a that. depiction since the sails would have reduced next flexation. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That's a very good point. So, instead, it's now more widely assumed the spines were covered in a keratinous sheath that extended the length of the spines in real life, so it could even more compensate for something with these things. Yes, Lyra, you have very good insight, don't you? Yeah. But I'm also thinking, especially one of the things that convinced me that makes it 
makes that seem so much better is the idea that the largest spines are in the middle of the neck. Right. And yeah, they're not. Yeah. Which would for which would make it some kind of defense. Well, pe- yeah, creature? exactly. No, like I um, it definitely could be defense. Uh, well, yeah. So like. Like actually what I mentioned here, like any of the times they find such peculiar structures in the anatomy of a prehistoric creature, many theories have been stipulated as to what the heck these spindly thingamabobs were for. The most commonly supported theories are what's for display and for protection, which makes sense. You know, see, most predators tend to go for the head, and that's as you know, that's where the instant kill button of most animals is located. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so a margosaurus would just lower its head. And shove all its spikes in the predator's faces, which is very unappetizing. Very unappetizing. Very hard to feel. Very hard to have a good appetite when you open your mouth expecting something nice and juicy and all you studies you get some free, to- some free toothpicks. It's like a porcupine, kind of. Except not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Porcupines are... Porcupines are dangerous. They probably got one of the best defenses for such a small, small creature. Most well-defended rodents. Armadillos aren't rodents, right? They may be. I know. I think they're related to like sloths, and like they're kind of that weird South American family. Okay. I don't know, but that'd but be yeah. funny because that would mean that uh, those glyptodonts are big rodents, <laughs> if they are rodents. I don't think they're rodents, though. I'd have to look that one up. Maybe we'll put that one on a later day. Hey, yeah, no, the glyptodonts. Yeah, the Dicurus yeah. is the biggest one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, in conclusion, as it seems with a lot of dinosaurs, the spikier the better. So why don't birds have spikes? I wonder. Why? Why don't you have spikes? Uh, spikes get in the way of flying. Yeah. Like, there's a great horned owl, but it doesn't have horns. It's just called that because of the tufts of feathers. The tufts of feathers. Yeah. Lyra, could you, could you, uh, I'm going to interview you. Why don't you have spikes? I was hoping to make you talk more with that. There we go. <laughs> I think she's content with a very net, with a very sharp beak. That's true. That beak is quite sharp. It's been kind of hurt me there. Lyra. All right, well, uh, now that we've talked to death about a Margosaurus, except not really, but I'm sure really. I could say. I don't know, it's an interesting sort of creature. Uh, it, it lived I, It lived at a time where there were a lot of predators. It, it lived earlier than Giganotosaurus, though, so thankfully it was safe from that. <laughs> of course. But Giganotosaurus was... didn't come from anywhere, come from nowhere, and so there's probably some very large, very nasty predecessor, so Amargosaurus yeah. decided, let's go... Let's go down the porcupine route. Mm-hmm. What the heck is a porcupine? Um, <laughs> and decided to incorporate the spikes, especially on one of its most vulnerable spots, the, the, the neck. neck. Right. So, it, mean... so that the, the predators would have to attack from behind in order to get it. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Attack we... from behind where it can nail you with the tail. Right. Or attack from the front and find it difficult to try and bite, da- bite down. Attack the center where it will laugh at you, even for a small sarpod. <laughs> yeah, well, like... That's where all the organs are, I guess, but you have to get through all the legs and, like, all the other stuff. Um, yeah, get past the legs, have to injure it hard enough, because even as a small sauropod, it's... Small sauropod does not mean small. Right. Why can't we have a dinosaur with all the bases covered? Why don't we have a, a sauropod, well, a dinosaur with the neck and of a margosaurus, the tail of stegosaurus, and the body of ankylosaurus? <laughs> Why wouldn't you go ankylosaurus from the neck down? Oh, I guess that's true. You know, like, the, I guess I just wanted more spikes. Oh, let's go even further. There's the tail of Kentrosaurus and the head of a Margosaurus. If you're doing that, I'd actually take the put the back and have it be um, not. It's the other family. There's the Ankylosaurus and then Notosaurus. Like Notosaurus. Yeah, but then there's no spikes there. I'm just talking about spikes. This what is like a real spikes? Isn't prickly. The, the one with the yeah. They usually spikes? have shoulder spikes. Oh, I guess I could do that in the middle. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So the middle kind of is the Notosaurus. Like kind of like make like the spike go along the top, go along, flatten, flatten up. Okay, yeah, if we want the spikiest dinosaur in existence, you get 
the, <laughs> the, the neck of an Amargosaurus, the back of a Kendrosaurus, and I, let's do like the center of a gigantic Spinosaurus, you know, those are like big shoulders. This thing, you, maybe if you turned it over onto its belly. <laughs> and even then. <laughs> and even then, that is no small feat, contrary to what I think Jurassic World would say. Oh yeah, you just take a a uh, Ankylosaurus, flip it on its back. Hey, to be fair, Ankylosaurus didn't have they had unarmored bellies. True. So but at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, let's just grab him with my arms and flip him over. You betcha that thing would say, nah. Well, would I think say, what would it say did. No, about as hard as a kid, two year old trying to brush his teeth. I think more what it did, it's clawed at the hips and like and clawed at the thighs and caused it to cut, like slash at it. So it caused it to stumble onto its side and then it pushed it over. That's what it did. I need to watch that movie again. Yeah, it's a good movie. I know you've been kind of like about it lately, but you like it still, right? Yeah. I've, I'm an apologist for the Jurassic World movies. Like, I really like them. I really like Fallen Kingdom. I like Fallen Kingdom more than Jurassic World because it like it's just a really good continuation of the series and moves in a new direction. And it's also it, it's not like the Lost the Last Jedi thing where it moves the franchise in a new direction by disrespecting what came before. No, Fallen Kingdom moves it in a new direction while simultaneously. Honoring what Michael Crichton is always trying to say with the series. Like, the mm -hmm. dinosaurs will get on the mainland. The dinosaurs will be a big problem. The dinosaurs, you know, the, it's all exactly what he was going for. Just in sort of new ways, so. Yeah. Anyways, Amargosaurus. Now we're at everyone's favorite part of the show. I Maybe, I don't know, I don't think so, actually, but I just like to say it. Uh, <laughs> I <do> apologize. <laughs> okay. It's a fun time. Uh, where we rate the animal 1 out of 65 million. Uh, hmm. For any reason, including you know, mana, dexterity, sexiness. <laughs> yeah, as appearance goes, having a bunch of spines in your neck, not very attractive. Very good defense, not super. I don't know if you like a good feather big. boa sort of thing. You know, it's kind of like that, except spikes instead of fluff. <laughs> a porcupine feather boa. That's all I can think of. <laughs> boa. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. You know, I don't think I. Okay. I don't know. I think I'm gonna give it like. Give it thirty-five million. Like other than those, around there. Uh, other than the spikes, like it's not really anything notable. Other than the spikes, it's like a one-trick pony, you know. One-trick pony. Yeah. <laughs> Small sauropod spikes on the neck. Not a bad, not a bad move, evolutionarily speaking. Yeah, I'm sure but... it worked. I mean, it lived. Was it 129, 122 million years? It lived seven million years. That's that's all right. Not bad. Longer than we. I think it's like humans the average genus. Yeah, I, I, I would be amazed if humans lasted another seven million years. Yeah. Um. I'd put it at about a 40, mil 40 million because mm. as much as as much as it is just kind of abstract, it must it had a really clever strategy. Like I said, mm -hmm. body's too big, the tail is a weapon, and now the neck is just unappetizing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, there's some sauropods that we found out recently, like Wawinkiosaurus as well as Shonosaurus. They have tail clubs. What if tail you have to combine those two things? That's not. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. But I'd call it more of a tail flail because right. tail club indicates short and stocky. This right. is long with a really small tip, but that may make it uh, make it like the closest prehistoric equivalent to a, a uh, sling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we know how Goliath handled that one. Right, exactly. Uh, so, um, I, I guess for my hypothetical creature of <laughs> head of a mar neck of a margosaurus, back of Kentrosaurus, uh, body of gigant spinosaurus that's like a 650 million it breaks the scale tenfold yep but alas it does not exist so anyways all right well that's it for this week uh if you want to get a hold of the show you can contact us at matt at matthew matt's d at matthew and you can find me on social media at matthew on creator on facebook at matthew 64 on twitter and matthew 64 on instagram you can contact me you can contact alan here um ask him 
uh, how to survive the, the, the scary unknown world of Kerbal Space Program. And like, what is the best rocket to build? Hmm. I'm sure you have some stuff to say, don't you? I do. But this is a dinosaur podcast, and I like dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like dinosaurs. I've, I've even brought people who don't like dinosaurs on here, though. But I just, you know, what, dinosaur, everyone likes dinosaurs. They just, some people just don't admit it. Nope. <laughs> I, that's what I think. I don't think there's anyone there that actively dislikes dinosaurs. They're like, oh, I can't stand dinosaurs. <laughs> like, I just think you either like them or you're just not interested in them. No one actively dislikes dinosaurs. I don't think. I don't know, maybe some people do. Anyways. That's an approval rating that most people cannot even dream about. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, if you're interested in writing, you should listen to my other podcast, The Rich Wits, where two twits talk about writing. Uh, me and other one of our both dear friends, Matt David, is what I call him the podcast. He's really Matt Seibert. <laughs> Uh, finally, if you're interested in, uh, in, you know, reading some dinosaur sci-fi, and you're like, where, where the heck has dinosaur sci-fi been all these years? I haven't found any. Guess what I got one for you. It's called Megazoic. It's available on Amazon for print and Kindle. You've read some of it, right? Awesome series. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. All right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, and as I say at the end of every episode of Paleo Bites, uh, spike, 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 flash, flash. Ah! <laughs> you got any noises? Okay, it sounded like a foghorn on a ship. But well, okay. What do you expect it to sound like? I doubt it's going to be saying slash, slash, slash. Yeah, no, it's going to say slash, slash, while actually mouthing slash, slash, slash. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.